Over in Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 19 uh, is our printed uh, lesson for today. Uh, the authors have entitled our lesson, Commissioning the Twelve. We've seen Jesus uh, begin his ministry after his initial temptation in the desert uh, and subsequent baptism. Jesus has gone about and he's done a few things, uh, performed some miracles and uh, uh, sat with sinners and recruited a few disciples. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, let me, let me, let me change that. Has uh, recruited multiple, many disciples. I want to draw that distinction today. Jesus has been doing some things, and uh, when you're doing anything for the kingdom, uh, you're going to receive resistance. Mm -hmm. And now, as Jesus proceeds in ministry, uh, he's getting even more resistance day by day. And the prelude to today's uh, lesson, uh, we find uh, that uh, we have some old uh, criticizers, uh, critics rather, uh, uh, criticizing him, his people plucking grain on the Sabbath. And so after Jesus gives them a, a swift kick in the pants, verbal, you know, uh, he moves on because it's, it's about doing ministry. But then what we see in today's lesson is uh, what Jesus does. And if Jesus does, uh, did these kinds of things, we need to do that. This, this, this lesson blessed me today because so many times we've got people that accept salvation, join the church, sit down and do nothing. See, that's not what God has called you to do. When God called you into salvation, he immediately made you, immediately, instantly, you were a minister. But most folk take their eyes off of God and start looking at men for what their mission is. Men don't give missions. God wrote the mission statement, and he commissioned those who were to do the mission. And he says, if you're really going to do effective ministry in the kingdom, you ought to do it the way I do it. He who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, condescended, came down here looking like a man and lived and died and was resurrected. But the important thing about what we're looking at today is that he lived and he lived as a man. And that tells us that if ministry is going to be done like the one who started ministry, it's going to require mankind. In other words, you got to do the ministry. See, Jesus coming down here doing this ministry, what we're looking at and what we've been studying the past few weeks is Christocentric ministry. Jesus is doing everything. But Jesus knew one very important fact. He was going to leave. He would not always be here manifested in the flesh. 
and that the work would have to continue. And so if the work is going to continue, you need somebody to do it. So you recruit people. And we saw that recruitment early uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago and then uh, uh, last week. And we, we got a glimpse of the kinds of people that he was bringing into the fold. But today we see him, it's an urgent matter. He needs to mentor what will become the church. In other words, he's calling a specific group of people to be a part of the original church and show the way for how church is to be conducted, how ministry is to be done. We are the ones that have benefited from what Jesus did right here in Luke 6 because he picked people like me and you. I, I, I'm blown away. Matter of fact, when I, when I read this scripture a couple of times, I've been looking in the mirror all week. <laughs> you mean to tell me he picked you? When you, when you see it. But, but, but when you read this lesson, it tells you, yeah, I can see how he did it. it you, you can say, I, 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 I can see how he did it. I mean, when, when you think about what he had to choose from, the only thing he had to choose from was people just like us. The only way church work is going to get done is by people just like the people that Jesus called. I want someone to say specific call. Specific call. Uh, I, I, I know why there's hesitation. Hey, Lolly, I, I know. I, I know why there's uh, hesitation. See, because you think I'm getting ready to bowl down your alley. Come down your road. See, specific. But, but what I want to tell you, all of us have been given a general call. All of us have been generally commissioned. We got that in Acts 1 and 8, Matthew 28 19. Okay? He ain't gave that to them yet. But here today, we see exactly how and why he called the people that he did. And it's for a specific mission. Because by now, Jesus has, how many of you are disciples? Oh, speak for yourself. Oh, no, all. It's Sister Carter, did you hear that chorus? Oh. <laughs> So we all raise our hands says we're disciples. Uh, but has God called anyone in here, out of all the folk that are in here, um, to pastor a church? Anybody in here? Somebody said not yet. I heard that. <laughs> well, that's right. That's, that's exactly right. Not yet. Because up until the, uh, this, this, this call here, these men were out doing exactly what they wanted to be, wanted to do. Fishermen and all that sort of thing. And he had called Peter and those guys. But that they were disciples. 
And a disciple is simply a learner and follower of Jesus Christ. But today, we're going to take it one step further. That was a specific call, and it was for 12 folk. Anytime you're going to launch ministry, whether you're the pastor or whether you're the, 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 the ace kum boom, you know, the head uh, 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 person, the lead, uh, what, whatever, uh, whatever they call him, the champion. And you've been asked to do ministry and you need help, you ought to follow this model. Because too many times we don't follow this model. What do you do when you get ready to launch ministry? What do you do? Verse 12. You get it, you've been called to head up leadership. We're going to have a leadership conference in a couple of weeks. And all the new leaders, you know, they're looking with great anticipation about what am I going to do in this ministry? You know, uh, who am I going to get to help me? Jesus says the first thing you need to do is you need to pray. You need to pray about the people that you're bringing in to ministry. That, that you're asking to serve alongside of you, that you're asking to do the work of the kingdom. You need to bathe that in prayer. Prayer is an essential element. And notice that Jesus has been working these miracles, doing ministry, preaching the word, but all of a sudden, he steals away. He goes up, and, he bees, and he's with his father. He talks to God. If the God-man needed to talk to God, you know you need to talk to God. And see, many times, the reason why our ministries are failing is simply because we haven't checked with God. We appointed the people that we liked. We appointed folk that had the right connections. You, you, you appointed folk that were your Facebook partners. You know, you, you, you know people that drove the same kinds of car, the people you liked. People from your neighborhood. And you're wondering, why is my ministry not going anywhere? So Jesus says, the first thing you need to do, you need to steal away. Because Jesus is saying to us, I and the Father have a relationship. And, 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 and I know that if this work that I do is for the Father who sent me here to do this, so I, at least I need to check with him when I'm about to make one of the greatest decisions in my life, in my ministry. I'm about to conclude with 12 men to do something special. Now, I can see all of y'all. Y'all checking resumes. I know, because that's how they check you out, Steve. You know, they check your resume. Some of you done gone online, check my resume. You know, how did he get where, you know, is his resume this? Did he do this? Did he do that? No, somebody prayed. And, and trust me, if you are honest and you're in ministry and you're doing an effective work for uh, the kingdom, you know somebody prayed. 
So before you bring someone else on to do the work of the ministry, you ought to pray. What's the second thing you need to do? It's right there in verse 12. No, no, it's right there in verse 12. He's to continue to pray. <laughs> in other words, you ought to pray and continue to pray. Pray before you get them rascals. Pray after you get those rascals. Pray when the rascals turn against you because we're going to see that throughout the ministry, you find Jesus withdrawing from the crowd to pray to the Father. Leadership requires that you pray. Ministry requires that you pray. Because what this work, the work that you do is important. And you can't have in and everybody. You can't have your partners. They may be good golf partners, but they don't make good Sunday school teachers. Y'all, y'all don't hear me. Yeah, yeah, they, they trying to mess with me, Joe. Because that's what we do. We collect our friends. We collect the folk that we know. Jesus knows everybody. So it should surprise you, this list that he comes up with. But you know what he did? He knew all of that, but he still consulted with the Father. Yeah, you're ahead of the ministry, but con consult with God about what it is you want to do so that you find out his will and not your will. That's why when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, he says, pray that God's will be done, not yours. And many of us are making the same old mistakes, even on your jobs. You ought to pray for the folk that you're bringing in. You, 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 you're the manager of a section? And you're just looking at paper? You're not asking God, Lord, please send me somebody. <coughs> because you're getting exactly what you asked for. When they don't turn out, when they're the Cyrus people, they don't come to work on time. Or, you know, they were so nice during the interview, but they contentious. They always raising Cain. Quick testimony, I'm going to move on. When I, uh, when I uh, um, uh, was selected for... Uh, position that I retired out of 28 years with GE, the then president, uh, little guy, uh, you guys, some of you heard the story, little Woody Allen looking guy, he, uh, he came out and he said, look, uh, I, I really want to talk to you. I, I really need to talk to you. And this is after just looking at my resume. So we went back, had lunch, the rest was history. 28 years later, I left the building. But Greg told me something. He says, uh, I'll tell you now, I'm a man of faith. I love the Lord. God has given me this position. He's instructed me what to do. And he promised me that he would send me people that would help me in what I need to do. And I say, and you chose me? <laughs> Very unlikely. No way the two of us can marry. I mean, you put us together and you say, hey, I don't know what he saw in this guy. I don't know what TG thought about going, you know. But it was about doing God's will, knowing God's will, praying about it. But when Greg says, I asked God, 
I prayed to God to send me the right people for these positions. That's that's powerful. And so if we can do, if a man can do it in the secular world, we you know we need to be doing it in ministry. As, as, as we as we move on. Oh, 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 oh it's, it's all right. I, I normally make them holler, but that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Reading the next verse, we'll show you something. Now, wait a minute. He chose how many? And he called them what? You see, folks, all of you are disciples. Ain't none of you apostles. Oh, okay, come on. All those folk all that you saw gathered, you're going to see gathered here in a minute, they're disciples. They're learners and followers. They're pupils. But Jesus chose. Jesus called. Jesus ordained. That's what the gospels say. That's what Mark, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke say. All those things. He called. He ordained. He commissioned <coughs> these 12 men to do something special. They were called apostles. Apostles. And they were given authority and power. Dunamis and exousia. For this particular mission. Twelve of them. He named them apostles. Nobody, they didn't get to call themselves apostles. Jesus named them apostles. Oh, can I make it plain? See, we want to take titles and run with them without knowing the responsibility. You know, we, we think this is a plaything. We, 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 you know, uh, um, you're a disciple. Oh, that ain't good enough. We got to get something special for you. Well, God ain't told you to do nothing special. You decided that was going to be your title. You decided you're going to be reverend, minister, uh, big bishop, potentate. Uh, you said that. But what does God say? God's word says Jesus called 12 men to be apostles. Okay, Jesus, I'm glad you called them. What, what else you want to tell me? I'll tell you who they are. You got to understand, this apostleship was authority. And as a matter of fact, the word that's used there is more akin to the word ambassador or delegate. Delegate means you have been delegated. You, you've been called, you've been commissioned, and you are a delegate. You are a representative. In other words, whatever power Jesus had, because Jesus gave them the authority, Jesus gave them the power, we'll see that, it comes from Jesus, not from them. And only the one who gives the authority has the right to give the name. 
Simon, better known as Peter, and Andrew, his brother. And then there was James, John, Philip, and Bartholomew. Y'all know all them people? Oh, y'all can, Simon Peter, you got him, Cephas, you know, you got him. Fisherman called him a few minutes ago. But what about this guy, Philip and Bartholomew? Don't know nothing about him. Except we do know that they was uh, sarcastic folk. <laughs> Brothers, sar sarcastic. They, 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 uh, uh, matter of fact, they're the ones that when they said, oh, you know, hey, this brother from over at uh, Nazareth, he's, uh, he's got a ministry starting. And uh, uh, Bartholomew said, is there anything good can come out of Nazareth? <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe nothing good. But the interesting thing about those, you know, we, we, we attribute to him to that, him saying that, and it's almost a, uh, a, a racist remark how he uses it there. But Bartholomew was very... Uh, into the word. See, notice that trait. He's into the word. He's willing. The issue is he knew the law and all of that, but he was just waiting to hear a word. And the issue was, I don't want to hang around with those folk. Uh, Jesus didn't come from the right uh, side of the track. So he said, wisecrackingly is how they attribute it, is that, hey, anything good come out of Nazareth? Hey, let's go check it out, though. They, 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 they followed him. And then there was a guy named Matthew, we met last week, right? A publican. A tax collector. Man, this is a, this is a whole, we, we got a guy, James, and did I talk about James and John? They, they, these were uh, the sons of Zebedee. John uh, is the one supposedly that Jesus loved. How many of y'all believe that? Ain't nobody raise their hand? Because Jesus loves everybody. <laughs> says in the word, right? And it says the one that Jesus loved, right? <laughs> no, it doesn't say that. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> That's what John said. John said, hey, I'm the one Jesus loved. <laughs> okay. Hey, of course. But so, so could anybody. Uh, you know, everybody, anybody, any disciple could say, Jesus loves me. I'm the one he loves. Okay? But he said, Matthew, tax collector. And then there was Thomas. Didymus. Actually, Thomas was a twin. And he didn't say anything about his, his twin brother. But uh, Tom, Thomas is the one that they said was a doubter. You got a tax collector, a cheater. You got sons of Zebedee, James and John, who Jesus himself says. You know what Jesus says? He says, these boys got a violent temper. <laughs> they, they have a volatile personality. Yeah, these are the same boys that over in Luke 9 said, hey, bring fire down on them. They were hotheads. Oh, we're going around the table. We, we got people who are snooty, Bartholomew. We got uh, James and John. We got hotheads. Uh, we got uh, 
But you know, it's interesting. Andrew, we know him from the scripture better than some of these guys. But notice that every time you saw Andrew, he was always bringing somebody to Christ. That's his only mention. See, because that's what Jesus wants. He wants folk who can establish relationships and bring other folk. And that's what Andy was good at. He was an influencer. You don't see him the author of any book, though. You don't see him. See, because this list is not about who's the best. As a matter of fact, Jesus criticized them when they tried to you know, don't even sing Sons of Thunder. When their mama went and asked them, you know, can my boys have the one on the right, one on the left? He criticized that. So it is about your status and prestige. These are just ordinary, flawed men. So when Jesus says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, you can't say, well, I'm not good enough to do that. I can't, I, I, well, uh, you know, I got too many deficiencies. You take this, this 12 people that he, none, none of these guys. Matter of fact, 12 made maybe one good person. <laughs> but he took 12 rugged, young, youthful, uh, at least one of them was married. We know Peter was married because he had a mother-in-law. Normally when you have a mother-in-law, you got a wife somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so we know that much. But you know what? Not a lot are written about these guys. We know the inner circle, Peter, James, and John, because they were the inner circle. They were. Notice that the 12 are called, but Jesus had an inner circle. Folks, well, let me tell you, as we enter the, the leadership, don't think it's all that puffed up to be close to leadership. Because the closer you are, the more danger you're in, folks. Let, 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 let me just warn you. I, I, I know. I, I know. I, I'm telling you. I'm, I, I'm telling you. But And, and some folks, they want to be that. You don't want to be a part of the inner group. But let me tell you one thing. You get a whole bunch of scrutiny from being close. People attribute stuff to you that ain't necessarily you just because they think you close. The thing that I like about Andrew, he just went about the business of bringing folk to Christ. What I like about Bartholomew, there ain't enough written about him. What I like about Matthew, he was a guy who had accumulated some money and he was willing to share. And you need those kinds of folk in your ministry too. See, most of them, we ain't get no publican. Oh, we, ain't, no, we, we don't want no publican, especially not for this. That's what Jesus could have said. But Jesus had consulted with the Father. And what he said is, I want you to pick a diverse group. If all of y'all look alike, talk alike, and think alike, and it's 12 of y'all, 11 of you are not needed. You need diverse opinion. And many times in leadership, we want people just like us. I want nobody like me in personality. 
because it's cantankerous, it's contentious days. It's hard to get along with on most days because, first of all, I don't fall for this little Rudy Poop stuff that people try to run that don't make uh, uh, logical sense, you know, that, that's based on emotions and preferences. I'm hard to get along with when it comes to that. So the people that are in my ministry, you, you got them hard souls. They, you know, you got, you got to take it. You, but you also got to have folk who are loving and caring. We're going to see that. There are folk who are gentle, like Andrew. Oh, come on. Just come with the Savior. Matter of fact, that was his only line. He didn't, he didn't have no script. Just come on be with the Savior. <laughs> and then there was James, the son of Alphaeus. Anybody know him? Now, we know he was martyred. All of them were martyred except one. All of them. He was, in fact, well, let's say except two because one committed suicide. But he is often confused as the brother of Christ. He is not. The scripture is clear. We have to read these names and I understand. And matter of fact, yes, his mother was named Mary. And yes, his mother Mary was at the cross. But this is Alpheus. This is the same guy who died over there in what is now Iran. He was martyred. Okay. And then there was uh, there, there's another James there too. Notice that. And Judas, the brother of uh, James. Uh, his name is Jude or Thaddeus. Don't know nothing about them. Ain't nothing written about them. But these 12 folk. See, you don't get, get all the big shot callers in your ministry. That, that's, what, that's what we call overbalance in ministry. You want to get all the heavy hitters in one ministry. Nah, the, God didn't even distribute the gifts like that, Sister Sammy. But everybody wants to try and get what they call the best of the people, but ain't prayed about nobody. But then you got people that just go pray. You know, Sister Douglas, just pray for a prayer warrior. And then somebody who was, ain't said a word in five years that they've been here, they the mightiest prayer warrior now you ever seen. But nobody would have chose them that way. And you have to be careful about volunteers, too. Well, I, I done gone to Medley, so I'm going back to the lesson. You know, just because somebody want to do it don't mean that they're qualified to do it. Don't mean that they've been called to do it. Don't, don't mean that, you know, it, the, the issue is one of the biggest contentions in the church, especially African-American churches, is uh, 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 who should be ministers in the church. It, to me, the, the, it was settled a long time, 2,000 years ago. That issue was settled. You, you want to know who should be the ministers in the church? All of y'all. Because you are. But see, you want to be the one that wears the collar and the robe. See, the issue is, how can God use you in what he has given you? He gave all of us something. He didn't give not one of us everything. We need each other. You, you can be the greatest teacher in the world, 
and nobody to teach to, you're just great. You can be the greatest leader in the world and nobody following. You're just taking a stroll. <laughs> but is it ordained of God? Did God call you? And if God called you, can't nobody stop you. Amen. Nobody could stop these 12 boys. This boy, this James, that went over there and I ran messing with those folks, he went there speaking the word. And if he hadn't have done it, there would probably be no Christian basis in Iran and Iraq, that area right now. Right now. But you never hear about him. Yeah, go, go try to find some books on him. You won't find nothing. Probably buried in the relics over there at their holy site is some mention of him held in darkness one day to be revealed. But his name is not out there in the limelight. We get him confused with this other James here. His, whose, whose name, by the way, uh, uh, is, uh, he's not the one, uh, he's not Jesus' brother either. None of these Jameses is Jesus' brother. Neither of them. Neither one. James, the brother of Jesus, is found over in Acts and in Galatians 1.9. James was uh, actually the first pastor of the church at Jerusalem. Real church leader, involved in church polity, and all of that. These other boys here, they got wiped out. And they're not around. And this last one here, Judas Iscariot. Now, I know someone, we got some wisecrackers in here, and th here's what they're going to say. They're going to say, yeah, they're going to make this wisecracking remark. Oh, Judas, if Jesus prayed, how could Jesus make that mistake? Well, let me tell you one thing. If you don't pray and make all those mistakes, see, and, and matter of fact, 11 out of 12 ain't bad. Because even if you got Count Peter, who denied him publicly, and you talk about Thomas, who doubted him, you see what I'm saying? They, they, they talk about uh, uh, Thomas. Why did he get him? He's a doubter. He's always been a doubter. No, D Thomas was the kind of guy that says, show me the proof. Here, uh, tell me the truth, and I'll determine. I'm a great discerner, is what Thomas was. What Didymus was a great discerner, but you guys wouldn't have had him in your ministry. I heard him in uh, uh, Bible study. He's, he's got some doubts. <laughs> Instead of you erasing those doubts. He's got doubts, you talk to him. When I, when I hear error, you don't have to blast anybody in public. You pull them to the side, though. Basic doctrine, those folk that have been through it know that we grade uh, papers. Sister Betty Ziegler grades every one of them. She reads all homework assignments. If Sister Ziegler sees something that borders on heretical, then I get involved. Otherwise, it's just that maybe you need to rethink this. And if you rethunk it <laughs> and express it again, maybe you need to see Deacon Smith. But we correct that. Because no need of you are going out there spewing out an untruth and you calling yourself a disciple. 
You're calling yourself a minister. You're calling yourself, you're a minister. You don't know three scriptures. I'm talking about the rib type now. Oh, hey, God. So what we see, we see Jesus equipping the saints for ministry. Special kind of apostles. So after he made his decision, it was prayer time, it was selection time. What did he do? He came down with them and stood what? In the plain and the company of his and a what? Out of Judea, Jerusalem, and from the sea coast of Tyre and and all these people, all these disciples, when Jesus comes down from the mountain after he's got his apostles, when he's got his posse with him, stands in the plain, starts preaching the word, and starts healing folk of their diseases and their spiritual afflictions. Because it says he even ran the devils out of them. That's a spiritual affliction. But there were people with physical and mental issues, and it says that Jesus healed them all, that the disciples and Jesus, they stood there with them, and he healed them all. See, the apostles were called for this particular ministry, and they were given the gift of healing as a sign. We don't need a sign now. Jesus has come and is coming back. The sign gifts no longer are applicable because he's already, signs point to this way, this way. No, 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 no. He's right here. You don't need to tell me where he is. I don't need a sign. And he's now giving that to each of us. So those folk who run around and perpetrate the fraud that they are uh, healers, that's, that's false, folks. Because that's what an apostle does. An apostle wasn't a he- had the authority to heal. And it says they healed everybody. They didn't just have some folk fainting. See, they're going to get on me. That's all right. Pull the plug. I'm telling the truth. Because we've got to stop doing this. Because, see, that's what excites folk. And a lot of folk were in that crowd since the moment simply because, oh, he's going to get, oh, he don't want to do a miracle today. He's going to heal somebody today. And they forgot about that you got a spiritual affliction. They ain't worried about the word. You got some ministries, all they want to do is the showy gifts. Do I believe in healing? Don't you run out of here and say, Deacon Sneed don't believe in healing. Okay? Because everybody, people that know me, know that that's a lie. Because how can you deny something that has happened to you? (laughs) Remember, I once was dead. (laughs) So don't don't tell me about healing. I'm just saying, I'm not going to let you perpetrate a fraud. You, you have not because you ask not. Because you don't go to the Father. You are a disciple of Christ. You are a Christian. You are pure Christian. You are usher Christian. You are deacon Christian. You are pure sitter Christian. 
You go to the Father and you say, Father, I have a need. And keep your money in your pocket and put it in the tray at Resurrection Baptist Church for Vision 2020, tithes and offerings. Stop putting your money in prayer cloths and people perpetrating a fraud. I'm sorry. Okay? Because it, it was right there. He called them for that. Oh, Deacon Smith, I need to go to a, a faith healer. What's wrong? Oh, I got, I got this in my side here. Oh, baby, I got, I got just the one you need. First of all, come with me, hold my hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch this side. And by the way, the Lord just revealed to me, the doctor out at uh, Bamsey, he's got just what you need. Go over there and stick to Verse 10. See, y'all, 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 hey, I, I know they, they don't teach this stuff. See, the, the issue is that the word is the word, and it don't change. I can't, I can't fluff the word up. I can't skip over this and say, well, you know, you know I don't want to start. I don't want to be confrontational. That ain't my personality. See, I'm one of those that, that, that Jesus called. Noah's called, very specific. I ain't trying to get over in your area. I ain't trying to get in your arena. Know exactly what Jesus said you're going to do. Okay? All I know is not what I wanted to do at the time. <laughs> the issue is, it's not about my will. It's about God's will for your life. And he says, every one of them will heal. Even unclean spirits got, out, got the boogity boogie. And verse 19 says, and the whole There was power out of him, out of them. See, that's where they get that from. Because they profess Christ, they think they have that same power. And Jesus says, no, that was a point. And it was because, remember, what does Romans 1.16 say? Everybody all together. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the what? Unto salvation. Were to the what? To the Jew first. For the Jew first. Those apostles were called to go to Jews. And that was the sign of them healing was that this must be of Jesus. That was validation. You were indwelt with the Holy Ghost. When they meet you, they meet Jesus. Oh, y'all better help me. But you don't ever do anything under your own authority. You always check with the ultimate authority. It says, they sought him to touch him because when you reach out and touch someone, that means you care. That's why evangelism is not just about come, go to the classes and all of that, don't want to go to fellowship. Oh, yeah, I'm messing now, but they will, we will get back to it. We're going to get right back to where we are. You know why? Because this, this lesson told me that, Lynn. Because what happens is that, oh, yeah, 
to have a whole bunch of head knowledge, but yet you don't know how to care for folk? Folk don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Do you care for them? Can they touch you? Are you going to be there when they really need you? And so that's why, you know, the implementation, we're taking a multiple-pronged approach to this thing. That's why we're going to introduce life groups uh, to resurrection. Uh, small groups, for some of you, been around the paradigm, but it's just the same thing. Life groups, small groups, the same thing. It, it's because we need disciples. When people need to be disciples and know that you're caring. That you got a problem, I got a problem today. You're my group, hey, I got, you, you got a problem. And see, we, we model that somewhat. We're just, all we're doing is um, assist, uh, making it systematic, just like we have the evangelism process. Getting people that care and touch folk, because that's where the power is. When someone gets sick, that they got people that go, whether their deacon goes or not, that sometimes the deacons don't even go and other friends go. That came out of relationship, folks. Most of those come out of uh, people uh, uh, being together in small groups like salt ministry, uh, family church school, evangelism, singles ministry, couples ministry. Because they know when you're in, when you're in there talking, if I asked you a question, how you feeling today? I don't feel at all good. I'm glad you asked. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry, you know. Uh, let's, let's move on. We, we, ain't got, we ain't got time for you. You say, well, wait a minute. But if you got somebody there, I see folk congregating after class and in between services and stuff. And you know what they're doing? They're fellowshipping. They may be discussing the lesson, but they may be just discussing everyday life. Can they touch you? And can they feel the power when they touch you? Because when you're giving a word, yeah, oh yeah, people are going to flock to you. But the issue is, if you're cold and callous and can't, you, uh, people, you don't receive people very well, and we have to be careful about our attitudes. You know, sometimes we have to be something that we're really not. That's why Paul said be uh, 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 something to everybody. Because a lot of times, uh, a lot of you are shy. Like Sister Clay, she's real shy. Mm -hmm. See, so she may not come out with that personality if she's shy. But those people that are vibrant, they never met uh, uh, someone they didn't know. They always can do it. But by the same token, if you're an evangelism instructor, you may need to come out of your introvertness so that you can reach people, so that you can touch. And that's why we have to have, that's why we have to have all these instructors in the room? Because we've got all these personalities in the room. Deacon Snead can't reach everybody. Deacon Snead won't reach everybody. Everybody want to identify. They want to identify with Betty. I mean, and all you guys, those of you who've been in the process and taught, you see your evaluations, and they say, well, you know, I really like how such and such. And then the other half of the class says, well, I really like how you did such and such. Uh, you know, I love the way uh, that Sister Betty just deals with everybody and she takes the time to uh, uh, comfort them and after class and stuff that. So you may not get that out of Dick and Snead. 
But you can't say you came to basic and didn't get it. Boy, got more than one, more, uh, one instructor. There's a method to our madness, folks. We've done this. Because we're just trying to model it after Christ. But we see that Jesus, he prayed, he continued to pray, and then he acted before he even began ministry. But when he acted, he chose men who were very much like me and you. Nothing special about them. There was absolutely nothing special about these guys. There's only a couple of them really educated. But they become some of the greatest writers of the gospel. They took their mission and they did it well. All the apostles are dead. But the interesting thing, all but one, two, were martyred. They were killed for what they, Jesus had to choose these type of men to do, to get the church where it needed to be, to prepare for that day when he says, the Holy Spirit's going to come down and the church is going to be established. And from now on, it's established. You don't need to reestablish the church. The church is already established. What you need to do is to continue the church. And much of the stuff that we do in ministry, in churchocentric ministry, we do it just like Jesus did it in Christocentric. We go out, we recruit, after careful prayer, putting somebody up in a classroom just because they got good verbal skills does not make any sense. And so when, when, when you're confronted about, uh, you know, I wonder why Deacon Smith, he got a click here, you know, well, why does he choose this book and why does he choose these people after prayer? And you know what? Don't always get it right. Because we haven't quit here to people act ignorant, act stupid, and, and you know, they do what they're not supposed to do. But you know why they do it? You know why I never complain? You know why I would say next? And when I say next, you know, you know what that means? There's somebody else going to replace you. And I'm praying a little bit harder this time. Lord, send me one who's going to stick to the process. You know, not quit on me. That's what it's all about. If you're going to do ministry, do it the way Jesus did it. That's, that's our thought for the day. See you guys next time.